good to be here. My name is Jonathan Reynolds. I am the CEO of Titus Talent. This is another episode of Talent Talks, a show hosted by Titus Talent Strategies. And uh, it is an absolute privilege to have Bob Nye, the talent guy with us today. That's not what he calls himself, but I couldn't resist. And uh, uh, Bob has had a number of opportunities to work with Sequoia companies. And so he's had some, some great experience there. We thought it'd be good to have him on the show today. So welcome, Bob Thank Nye. You. Not the talent guy. Well, you are, but anyway, there you go. Well, it's good to have you here because you've had the opportunity to work with a lot of Sequoia-backed um, companies, um, often in the tech space. Mm-hmm. Upon arrival um, into a situation, uh, you you do some kind of an analysis, kind of what's going on with their talent, what's where are they trying to get to, how they're going to get there, where's the gap analysis, and uh, I think classically. even just on a practical scale, as I invite um, a builder to come to my house and say, I want to build an extension over here. And I'm excited about what the outward is going to look like, the end thing. And you find suddenly the the builder saying, well, you need an architect to look at your foundations. You need to make sure your foundations are right to see if you can even build on this area. And you're like, why do you care about that? Because the foundations are really important. Um, How we build our lives, how we build our companies and where we have a talent strategy is really important. What's going on on the, the kind of the fundamental or foundational level. So, when you go into an organization, are there things that you're looking for when it comes to talent strategy uh, that, you know, that that's your go-to um, when you go in and then assess talent strategy? Well, always we're going to start off with, hey, how have you been doing it? And, you know, what's been your success? What has worked? Um, there are some keys that it's only going to be successful if everybody buys into it. And that's everybody from the executives to the hiring managers to all the people in the company because really they are all part of that talent team, whether it's through referrals, their part in the interview process, their part in greeting people at the front door, you know, in marketing, building employment brand, all those kind of things, HR and culture, they all have a, you know, a chip in the pot for recruiting. So, you know, finding out how people are bought in and that's a lot of education and uh, again, starting with getting alignment from your CEO. Mm-hmm. And I know from you know working with Sequoia for over a decade now that um, basically they will tell you that the most important thing to, for a company's success is hiring great people in a timely fashion. To the extent of that should be the CEO's number one um, part of their job where they're spending their time. So if we're not getting that in that sort of uh, endorsement that it's a challenge. So usually go in there, try and build through education, uh, the buy-in from the different teams, implement those things where, again, candidate experience, employment brand, mm. and then moving into the nuts and bolts, which is you talk about building a house at your carpenters, right? It, yeah. The interview process, the questions you ask, you know, what is the job description? What are you trying to solve for? Because really everybody you hire, they're there to solve a problem. Right. They're not there to match a list of specs of, you know, keywords. They're there to solve a problem. So what's involved in that problem and, and what are the, the, the key parts of making that problem tough? And then you go out there and try and find people to solve those problems. So yeah. you have to deal with what questions we're going to ask, who asked those questions, you know, who asked the culture questions, yeah. you know, how do you actually um, gather feedback, but then interpret it. Because if, yeah. let's just say you went on a rating system, you may have one person that gives everybody fives on a scale of one to five. And then there's one person who never gives more than a three and a half. Right. 
Well, a three and a half of that person is more impactful than a five from somebody who always uses five. So right. you have to be able to get through that. And then, yeah. you know, the bottom line is the packages is it has to be fast. It has to be timely. That yeah. way you keep the emotion of the candidate high, the interest is high. You're able to hopefully um, eliminate some of the competition from the market. Yeah. And you're going to get the job filled. So those are the kind of things that uh, in the first, you know, month or so that, you know, you're going to try and make sure that you have that foundation built to move forward. Yeah, I love that. That's great. I think you're hitting on a couple of things which are uh, challenging probably for a lot of a lot of the listeners right now is um, when A players, top performers, whatever you want to call them, superstars, rock stars, make career moves, mm-hmm. um, they, they go to solve a problem that they believe they can solve. And it's got to be some kind of a challenge. Many job, many a job description. Uh, I need an engineer for this. I need a developer for this. And it doesn't come with this problem. It's just a, here's a match. Here's the job description. Here's the, um, here's the resume. Oh my gosh, it's a 96% word match, you know, <laughs> like, woo, you know, um, but uh, because superstars go in to save the day, what is the save the day aspect uh, for the role? And I think um, that is, uh, is something that, you know, we, we've talked about before just around pitfalls of hiring managers, pitfalls of uh, talent strategy. What are some of the typical, I mean, that's a, a great one there you already brought up where job descriptions don't really describe the challenge or the problem, but what other pitfalls have you seen, um, common or uncommon? Well, there's a, there's a number of them and it really depends on the department, but you know, we can start off to a good transition from what we just spoke about keywords versus solving problems is when you know, teams want to give tests to the people in interviews, whether it's a technical test, an exercise, or it could be for any sort of role. It could be uh, going through a role play for somebody in sales, et cetera. Uh, What you have to do is certainly make sure that they have the data to to do well in prep. And it also has to be fair. So it should be a question that is more specific to the candidate's experience, as opposed to you having a real tricky question that you like to ask everybody, right? Right. Because you can have your 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 star who's going to be a 10x performer that you know may have no bearing at all on that tricky question you have. Yeah. Versus somebody who had that like four times in a textbook in college who's going to answer it well. So you have right. to make sure that we're asking the appropriate questions to people and specifically you want to make sure it's tailored around where they should have some expertise. And that, that, that would go for any department. Yeah. Um, so that would certainly be, you know, one of the things that's out there. Um, another is just, you know, managers who feel their part of it is just to receive the resumes. They really need to champion their role within the organization and within their team for referrals. Um, and that's really one of the other yeah. key successes in terms of hiring is, you know, trying to have at least 30% hopefully higher in terms of referrals because mm. if you could build your funnel, say 30, 40% with referrals and 30 to 40% with passive applicants or passive from the standpoint of your recruiter is not sourcing them. Right. So right. if you're able to build different channels into your funnel from yep. universities, diversity oriented sites, yep. um, different things like that, then what you're going to do is you're going to increase your candidate pool tremendously. You're going to bring in much more diversity 
and really it's not going to tax your recruiting team to have to do, I have to source every single candidate, mm. which does yeah. not scale. Totally. So, you know, those are kind of things getting the manager's alignment in terms of they're really a partner in the success of filling the job. And once they turn, they make that corner, that switch turns on, yeah. you know, then it's fun because then you just fly and it's all about the wins and candidates are having great experience, whether you hire them or not. Yeah. And uh, that's where it gets to be fun. That's great. I love that. Um, I love what you're talking about, just kind of this sense of kind of the marketing and the brand um, just a little bit earlier. Because you, have, you have a marketing background. I mean, that's kind of like the channel you came in. Yep. Um, what are, how do you teach and train that for a hiring manager who's running 120% um, focus in their role? And then you come along and say, hey, if the CEO needs to spend X percent of their time in talent acquisition and right. employment brand and bringing, you know, really focusing on the next generation of talent for the organization, well, what do you need to do as a department head or as a hiring leader? How do you get them to come on board with this whole concept of they need to own the job? as opposed to that's HR or talent acquisition or recruiting. How do you, how do you do that? What are some of the things that you've done in the past? Sorry. Right. No, that's fine. There's, there's certainly the key thing is making sure that they understand that the buy-in, as I mentioned earlier, your investors and your board, they mm. will tell you that that's the most important thing to the company. And then having your execs and your CEO basically disperse that through to their teams. So you do need to have that support. So they're hearing it from more than one spot. Yeah. I had a great mentor earlier in my career who always used to say constant iteration and reiteration of an alien thought upon a reluctant mind is the only way to get those things to happen. Right. So they yeah. need to hear it over and over. And then when they start to see the results, then they buy into it. And not only do they buy into it, um, they internalize it because of their part in it. And then it's their win. And once it's yeah. their win, you know, then it's, again, they're off and running, you know, they're, they're doing it and, um, and crushing it. Yeah, love it. That's cool. Oh, the other big one is now you've, you're in the tech space. Um, you've yep. spent a lot of time in the tech space. Loads of industries, um, well, every industry probably. We said, <laughs> will there be more technology in this industry or less in 10 years' time? I think we're all going to probably say more technology. There'll be easier ways of doing things and more efficient ways of doing it. What do you see some of the, the changing areas for talent acquisition leaders in the days ahead? Um, when it comes to talent strategy and technology? Well, there's a, there's a couple. Even before the COVID virus, you know, there's really the big debate about remote workers, mm. especially because a lot of the tech hubs, the cost of living just does not scale. Yeah. And the amount of talent in those pools just does not scale. So with the information now with COVID and companies already having to adapt, that's certainly going to change the landscape of talent acquisition because you're going to have to be sourcing from, you know, anywhere if you need to. And, you know, there are going to be ways to do it, but it'll, it will have to be a key pillar in making it a success. The other is I think what's going to happen is yes, there's always going to be the really cool consumer stuff that everybody gets excited about because it's, it's new and it's flashy, you know, your Facebook, you know, those yeah. kind of things. But I think what we're going to see is technology starting to be behind the, the, the non-technology the non companies. Mm. So, for instance, Amazon is a real retailer. Yep. 
biggest company in the world, most valuable company in the world, uh, key stockholders, the richest man in the world. Yeah. But it's all technology behind them. And yeah. you, I think you're going to start to see that over and over where whether it's, um, you know, for loans, Quicken Loans, Rocket Loans, which, you know, Rocket just went IPO in this last week, you know, they'll come across as a, as a loan company, but it's all technology. So yeah. I think technology yeah. is going to continue to grow, but it's going to be behind traditional industries where they can come in and through different technologies, uh, basically optimize those business processes. Yeah. So again, you think of, you know, your restaurant models with places like uh, DoorDash and Grub delivering your meals. Yeah. Again, technology company, which will create jobs for people with all different skill levels between yeah. the drivers, the warehouser, warehouse people, logistics. So I think technology is actually going to create many jobs outside of technology. Yeah. We can take, we can take a pause. Come on, get your hydration going. Oh, thank you. That is not a nice feeling. <laughs> um, yep. That's great. Now, one of these things I think is really fascinating because we're in the people business. Um, one, one side, we're, yes, we're Amazon, your technology company, uh, Rocket is your technology company. That's what people are buying. Um, but then there's the people in those organizations. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't want to be a, a, a piece of um, data, right? They're people with all those things behind them. And if you, you can't automate relationship, you can't automate management, you can't automate um, intimacy in the sense of like relational intimacy, friendship, connect, human connection, you can't automate that. Although with AI, there's a whole bunch that can be, you know, hey, you know, my, my phone suddenly pings and tells me that my, uh, my wife, my significant other has been um, Googling these types of things. And I'm like, I didn't know she was looking to go on vacation somewhere, you know? Oh, wow. It's a ping me like, hey, if you say this, it'll unlock that. You know, I'm like, wow, all of this technology helping that. But then there's also something where they're going, whoa, 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 don't automate me. Um, I want to be the relational, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so, you know, those are some of the interesting dynamics of, um, AI and the future of technology when it comes to it comes on the side of people interaction and automation of relationships. What are, what is some of the uh, downsides that you see of being in the talent strategy space? Are there any downsides of where we're going? Remote work, AI, technology driven solutions. Are there any things that concern you uh, that come up? Sorry, a bit of a. No, no, that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, the, no matter what the technology is, you still need human interaction. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, there, there's the old saying in there, it's, it's, it's not the arrow, it's the Indian, meaning, you know, basically it's, you know, the, the person operating the tool mm -hmm. is where the success is going to come from. So right. whether we're talking AI and tools, et cetera, if somebody's able to know what those tools are and how to use them, yeah, is the human interaction part, which is the, the experience level coming in, because yeah. you'll find when you evaluate your hires, that your top performers are going to be the people who didn't get the best scores usually, who don't check all the boxes off. Yeah. It's the other things. Yeah. So you can't hire directly off of scoring or AI or this recommendation. It's a great, it's a great way to surface people and say, hey, I got to look at this one and I have to give it a certain attention. And hopefully it'll be able to tell you, you know, where you want to focus that attention based on why it's scored this, the way that it's scored. 
but really it's still going to be on somebody interpreting that data. And right. um, yeah. I think that's, that's the basis really for really all of AI in any business, but it's yeah. certainly going to be that way for um, technology. Yeah. And um, the, the people that are going to do the best are the people that are, you know, interactive, that can communicate well, that can yeah. uh, collaborate well. And sure. those are all the things that are going to be much more soft skills that are going to be hard to interpret from some tool-based, you know, gathering of your footprint on the internet. So, right. Yep. Yeah, I think even just those um, moments of truth for people, all people everywhere, yep. especially in the talent, in the recruitment space, uh, if you knew that it was a bot that was recruiting you, it'd be like, whoa. <laughs> if you knew that there was no... Um, the, the personal touch when it comes to a job offer, it needs to be a personal touch by the hiring manager saying, we're excited to have you. This mm -hmm. is what we're rolling out here. It can't just be a click of a button. And uh, even if a bot does it all, it's going to be cool. Uh, yeah. So I think, you know, w welcoming people into our organizations, the way we treat people, the way we value people as people, not as a number, not mm -hmm. as a, a button pusher. So, yeah. Well, and the thing is, is the, um, the industry and the talent pool understands that. Right. So, for instance, I'll give you an example. I, I would, I would, I would ever to say, if you looked at people coming out of school, they're going to have more buzzwords on their resume yeah. that will be picked up by you know bots than your your best players that are experienced and they're your 10x uh -huh. producers. They're they're going to have less. So basically, the bots can identify those, you know, people early in their career, new grads as yeah. benefits than your top performers, period. Yeah, totally. You're, you're, you're right. You're right. Future of talent. It is fascinating. Uh, yeah. Bob Nye, it is good to have you here. Thank you for Thank sharing you. some of your wisdom, your insight, experience. Uh, as a talent strategy company, we exist to equip uh, companies out there to make the best attraction, hiring, engagement, development decisions so that they can meet their people and performance objectives. Uh, we all have objectives. We all have goals in life. And as tight as talent, we want to help you get there. But uh, this today was hopefully you pulled out some gems from, from Bob and uh, able to apply those to your talent strategy. Uh, feel free to reach out to Bob um, as well directly. You can find him on LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out to me, Jonathan Reynolds. And of course, any of the tightest talent uh, team who are 100% remote or mobile nationally. Uh, here to serve. So thanks very much. Thanks, Have John. a great week. Thanks, everyone. All, All right. Righty.